Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for this beautiful time that you've given unto us. Abba, we pray that you will give us the grace to hear from you. Father, give us the grace, Lord God, that what we hear, we will put into practice. Give us the grace, Lord God, that none that is, that is here, everyone who has come here, they will receive what you have in store for them. Father, let none of your words be robbed away from them. Give them the grace to receive it. And Father, we pray, have your way. Have your way, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you ready to hear from the Word of God? Praise God, I love you. Do you love me? You will love me after the message also? Okay. The message was given to me about one month ago. And since we are in a time of revival, this message was not yesterday. Long time ago, the Lord has put it into my heart. But one month ago, he has given me this word for us, for me and for you. Because I believe with all my heart, revival will never take place Listen carefully. Revival will never take place in a nation if it doesn't be begin with me. Revival will never take place even in the church if it doesn't be begin with me. The first place that revival takes place is in me. And when it begins with me, it extends to my wife, it extends to my husband, it extends to my children. And that impact, the flow of the Holy Spirit now brings it into the church. And as the church is having revival, that goes and spreads. And that's exactly what happened to the disciples. And one ingredient for revival is, this is not part of my message also, is when we become one. And that's what exactly took place in the upper room when they became one and they began to worship and when revival took place there, that revival extended to Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea and that's what we are here because of the revival that took place. Before I can go to my message, I would like to share a small testimony. Two weeks ago on a Friday while I was coming to church, I was trying to park my car and you know at the uh, Catholic Church, we have a small sign, God sees you, do not park. Have you seen that? <laughs> so I seen that sign, God sees me and do not park. So I bypassed it and while I was trying to pass, there was a car in the way, parking where God sees. And I, by accident, not knowing, I brushed against the car. I went outside, I think I'm getting old, I could not see anything. I checked the car right around, so I came away to church and I was doing coordination that day and we prayed for wisdom that the people of this land should have. And when I went out, I found one of our cousins waiting there and our cousin was very angry with me. Uh, I don't blame our cousin because from 12 o'clock till 2 o'clock she was waiting. 
and then you know the meet and greet we do. It takes another 20 minutes. So 2.20, she was there, and her cousin said, you banged my car and went away. I said, I apologize if I did that. I never knew. She said, you don't know you banged my car. I said, no, sister. If I had known, I would not have gone. I would not have left the scene. And the conversation for medium went higher, and then the man came. And you know, when an Egyptian talks, he talks loud. And you know, sometimes, even though we could be leaders, we also sometimes lose our temper sometimes. And I said, don't talk loud. You come from church, I come from church. Let us sort this out in a nice way. But the man could not take it, and he says, first he started, 10 real is the cost. So I said, praise God, only 10 real, it's okay, I can get away. And then he's seen, that, okay, this guy looks to me dumb. He thought I was dumb, and then he says, no, it's 60 real the cost. <laughs> from 10 real. And then two other people came, and then he says, you did not bang my back, you banged my front also. So now I said, the rate is going up. So I have to be careful. And by the grace of God, I said, we will wait for the police. But God, in his mercy, sent some brothers from our congregation. And I want to thank them, because this, what happened, is related to my message. Because I was asking God, confirm it. And God confirmed it, and I'm going to show you how he confirmed it, even this morning, through our pastor also. Brother Aditya ran and came. Brother Vinu ran and came, Rajesh ran and came, Roy ran and came, and Alan, they all ran and came. I thought I was alone, but I seen all of them standing there. And then by force, I had to tell the brothers, please go, because this did not end immediately. What began at 12 o'clock, I met 2.15, it went up to 4 o'clock. And these loving brothers stayed with me, and I seen the love of Christ demonstrated. And God bless Brother Aditya, who, who God gave wisdom. I'm 35 years and I don't speak Arabic. I only know Salaam Alaikum. <laughs> and nothing more than that. Uh, you are to Matthew? Okay, we both are the same. I think pastor speaks because being in the ministry. And I seen Aditya go, wow. And I said, God, thank you for the wisdom. He just spoke to the police officer. Anyway, to make a long story short, the lady insisted that I give 60 real and go. That's what she was insisting. And we said we'd wait for the police. And God gave wisdom to this brother of ours. He spoke in Arabic. The police officer came. He looked at it and he told, it was your mistake. You pay for your damage. He will pay for his damage. And the problem is solved. We give all the glory to God. See, sometimes, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your hand. Don't be afraid. The Lord will send you people of favor for you. Amen. The only thing is stay cool. Don't lose your temper because your, temp your testimony will go out of the window. Because after that, if you tell them, I'm a leader of a church, ah, this man shouted, what type of leader? So keeping that, the title of today's message, I've taken it as taking it from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'll be dwelling on verses 1 to 3. I plan to do a study on love. And I thought, if revival is to take place, it has to begin with us, and it begins with love. I've titled today's message as, Follow the Way of Love. And if you notice, Pastor Abraham started something very important. If you were there, those of you, uh, some of you have missed it. He says, God's love 
trust in his unfailing did you notice that it's, he said trust in his unfailing love the lord confirmed this message on that day he confirmed this message last week through pastor leslie and today also he has confirmed it and in even to the worship we see in the love of god demonstrated so let us quickly turn to 1 corinthians chapter 13 verses 1 to 3 the bible says though i speak with tongues of men and of angels and i have not charity i'm reading from king james version i have become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal and though i have the gift of prophecy and can understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though i have all faith so that i could remove mountains and i have not charity i am nothing verse 3 and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt, and I have not charity, it profit me nothing. Very simple. It profits me nothing. What is your greatest aspiration in life? How many of you are taking down notes? I'll give you three seconds to write what is your aspiration. If you are taking down notes, write down what is your aspiration in, in life. For those who are don't, not taking notes, I, rec I would rec uh, encourage you, take notes of what God is going to speak to you today. What is, have you written what is your aspiration? Right. After you have written it now, number one, some of you, especially the youngsters, your aspiration in life will be, I want to be successful. I want to be successful. That's your aspiration in life. To ask another person, especially somebody who is married, not married one year, after two years, what is your aspiration in life? And they'll say, I want to be happy. Because happiness is gone. And that's all they say, I want to be happy, brother. That's the second thing. And the third category of people, now ask the, the senior citizens, citizens like me, Brother Matthew, I won't say pastor's name. <laughs> you ask the senior citizens, what is your greatest aspiration? And what they will say, I don't want to feel any pain. I don't want any sickness to come near me. It's a natural thing. It's not wrong. Because just now as we were worshipping, I went to that corner and I sat because I could not stand. My legs are aching because I stand for, for minimum eight hours teaching every day. So it hurts me. And as we get old, that's what we pray. God, let there be no pain in my body, Lord God. And let not sickness be my portion, we pray. And then we come to the last category. Some are looking for recognition. Recognition in the church, to be recognized at work, to be recognized even in the family. You want your husband to recognize what you're doing for the full family. So, how you answer this question determines your life's principal aspiration. Even though some of you may not even know about it, but everybody has one in their life. Your aspiration in life is what guides your decision every day. I took up the word aspiration and I said, what is it, the dictionary thing? And it says, yes, my sister, a strong desire to achieve something I or great. That's the definition for aspiration. You want to achieve something great or great. Hi. For example, if my aspiration in life is having fun, the youngsters, the youth, 
then when you get an invitation for a night to go out, you will only do one thing. You will be looking which invitation will have more fun. And that's the place you will go to. If my aspiration is security in life, then my guiding decision is which place will be safe for me to go for that evening. But if my aspiration in life is comfort, I will start looking where it is will be easy for me in every area, whether traveling or sitting. I don't have to stand long time there. I'll have a comfortable place, so that will be. But if my aspiration in life is recognition, then I will seek to do those things that will bring me most recognition in what I'm doing. But now the last one and not the least, if my aspiration in life is to do nothing, then I will choose not to work, but to live off someone else's earning. Some of us have got family members back at home. The moment they know brother's gone to Gulf, sister's gone to Gulf, they sit and relax, and they get the money. They do nothing. With the pretense, I'm taking care of your house. Sometimes you may not have the house when you go back also. So what is a passage of scripture telling us regarding our aspiration of life? What is this passage telling us? It says, as an aspiration of life should be love. Amen? Amen. Turn to me to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. The first word, it says, follow the way of? You seen that? Follow. So the question is, why does God tell us our greatest aspiration should be to follow love? Why? And that will be the question that I'm going to answer in the next maybe four or five messages, God willing, that we will do. I will be looking at this. And we will, I'm going to begin with that we have to follow the way of Christ's love in our lives. My first point this afternoon is... Love should be our aspiration in life because of its priority or its importance. That should be our aspiration in life. Notice again, the first point that I want to say with that, without love, all that I do is useless. I want you to tell your neighbor, without love, all that I do is useless. Tell your neighbor that. Don't call them useless. Now notice again in chapter 13 verse 1. Look at chapter 13 verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men, look at that, number one, gift. And of angels, second gift. But I have not love, I am only a resounding gong. All that I do is I am shouting. And a clanging cymbal. So Paul says that words without love are empty. Tell your wife that, and tell your husband that, and tell your neighbor. Words without love are empty. Can you tell your neighbor that? Now wives, when you go home, don't fight with your husband and say, you promised there. So please. So the world, the world is impressed with great communicators. Do you agree with that? We know Hitler. He was able to communicate to his people and he got them to kill quarter of the world. God is not interested with great communicators. A very good example, we find it in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. 
where Moses says, Moses said to the Lord, Oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past. Look at that. He's telling God, neither in the past I have been eloquent, nor since you have spoken to your servant. Up to now, I have not been eloquent, Lord. But he says, I am slow in speech and tongue. So God is not looking for, especially brothers who think that, oh, I cannot speak. God is not looking whether you can speak or cannot speak. He is only looking whether are you available. The Corinthians church were impressed about their ability of communication. They said, brothers, we speak in tongues of men. Brothers, we speak in tongues of angels. And they were boasting about this. And Paul is saying, listen, you are majoring in the minor things. That's what Paul is saying here. You're majoring in the minor things. Have you ever heard somebody say this? We don't have communication at home. Communication is over. After children were born, mommy and daddy doesn't talk. Till then, they spoke. And the thing is, the bottom line is, when communication stops at home, you need to go back and see, are you in love? Because love is dead at home. And that's the reason communication stops. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, speak the truth in love. You might say, I am speaking the truth. And it, God, with God as your witness, you are speaking the truth. But the problem is, you are not having the ingredients of love in that truth. You might speak all truth, but there is no love in that truth, then it is useless. We have pride, because we speak in pride, I know it all. We think that I am more righteous than my brother. We think I am more holy than my brother, because my brother is living in sin. I have the right to condemn him. You have the right, but if that right does not come in love, it's a self-righteous spirit. You can rebuke your brother, but it should be within love. Amen? We, we are called to restore our brothers or our sisters who are in wrong in love, in gentleness. We are supposed to be stepping stones for our brothers and not stumbling blocks. Because when you rebuke your brother, your brother will be able to see through you whether you're doing it in love or you're doing it in anger, in self-righteousness. And where you're trying to restore because you're using this truth without love, you will lose your brother in the process. My second point, without love, all that I know is meaningless. Without love, all that I know is meaningless. It's in the second verse, the first part. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, but have not love, I am nothing, the Bible says. I can have all this, but I do not have the ingredients of love. I am nothing. I want to tell something. You might be a walking Bible commentary. You might, might know the Bible. You might have memorized the Bible from, from Genesis to Revelation. 
you might be praying from morning till night it does not matter a bit if the love of christ is not in you you can do everything the pharisees did that they knew the law to the dot but they could not love 1 corinthians 8 verse 1 the bible says knowledge puffs up but love builds bread of life let us build with love amen paul says it's better to have a right heart than to right have a right head because you have the knowledge is in the head but you must have the right heart to it we are now living in a world that is a knowledge explosion world but that knowledge explosion world is lacking the ingredients of true love they have love the world has love but their love is always associated with sex most of it we have to be very careful my third point this afternoon is without love all that i demonstrate i might be doing is inadequate you might be doing everything to the dot it is equal to nothing the bible says you might be working in every area of ministries but if that is not having the ingredients of love it is nothing Paul goes on to say and if i have faith that can move mountains but i have not love i am nothing there is a misconception that being a christian involves knowing certain truth and knowing certain doctrine is enough knowing certain truth and certain doctrine is not enough of being a child of god please pay attention i'm going to say something very important and hear me right don't misquote me i hear people say i am a christian i ask them how do you know that you are a christian they say i believe in jesus and my answer is so does the devil also believe in jesus james chapter 2 verse 19 take the scripture and see read it at home james chapter 2 19 even satan believes in jesus I do not care if you believe in Jesus. Pay attention to what I'm going to say. I do not care if you believe in Jesus. I want to know if you love him and and obey him and that love and relationship which you have for him drives you to demonstrate that love within the body of Christ. I can believe in Jesus, it doesn't matter. but do you love him and obey him that that love of christ is now driving you to love your brothers see let us be honest most of us love only the brother in the church what about the ones in the world the bible says who did jesus die for the sinners he didn't die for the righteous yes they are a part of one there was no one righteous he died while we were still sinners we love only the brothers and sisters in the body of christ but we see somebody outside we cannot love them then the love of god is not in us christianity is a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle of love amen if you see turn to galatians chapter 5 verse 6 and see because the only thing that counts is faith expressed through love faith expressed through love Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says 
for in Christ Jesus neither this is King James version neither the circumcision availeth anything nor the uncircumcision but faith which worketh by love if you have NIV those who have NIV look at what NIV says for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value look at that as any value the only thing that counts is faith expressed itself through love you can have all the faith you want you can tell wadi kabir mountain to move but if there's no love in it you are or i am nothing some of us need to write this in our diary or write it in our home in our calendar the only thing that counts is faith expressed or demonstrated through love of Christ amen faith is important but faith without love is equal to nothing amen my fourth point is without love all that i have look at that all that i have is unimportant whatever you have it's not important verse 3 verse 3 first part says if i give all look at that you have all in your bible underline that word if i give all i possess to the not to the bread of life to the poor the ones who are outside the ones who was not a child of god but god leads you to go and be a blessing if god shows you a person and it says says if i give all i possess to the poor but i have not love i gain nothing that means you will not even gain heaven that's what i gain nothing i want you to circle that word nothing he says you can give everything i'm not talking about tithes i'm not i'm going beyond tithes he says you can give all but if you do not have love it's nothing would you agree with me but many of us give because of different reasons do you agree do you still love me this side is not saying yes <laughs> only this side is saying yes i love you oh i love you sister now the question is some people give for the reason of prestige i listen carefully some give for the reason of prestige sake they will give a million riyals to somebody and say all you have to do is write my name on the building i'm going to show you truth in 1979 as a young boy i come from a csi church that's where i come from one day the pastor announced we need some fans and we need some lights i heard that announcement because i was in a boarding school so every week whether i liked it or not i had to go to church whether i liked it or not i had to march to church do you know you have to march to church 30 minutes marching and here we have car we cannot come in time 45 minutes before service we would go marching to church okay let me come back to the story the pastor made the announcement we need lights and we need fans and people got together they brought in their lights and fans and after one week i was going around and looking at the monuments of the fans and the lights and you know what i seen their names on it donated by donated by donated by true not on the not on the blades of the fan then you won't see the name you know where the where the cup is 
on the cups. They wanted people to know that they have donated. And when there was a construction taking place in my church, the pillar had the man's name, donated by. That's the state. So we can give for wrong reasons because of prestige. That's a sad thing. But I thank God for that church. I learned something. Some people give for power. They will give a million rials if you allow them to use the royal suite or to sleep in the White House chamber. They want because they can tell everybody. It's power they want. But there's no love in that giving. Now, I'm coming to a very sensitive category. Sisters, I love you. Okay? There are men who will give their wives anything they want just to keep her closed. No love. I'm going to tell you a real story. While leaving, by being in the US, there is somebody who gave his wife a diamond ring and near uh, Valentine's Day asked that same woman for a divorce after giving diamond ring. So love was never there. I'm going to go a little more sensitive. I love you. Some parents will give their children what the children force their mommy to give, not because they, they love that child, because they want that child off their back. So they can keep that child's mouth shut up. How many of you give your phones to your children? Is because you love your child? You want that child to shut up. <laughs> and then also you open the phone and you'll give the game. Just shut up, I need to talk to mommy, I need to talk to daddy, I need to do this. So our giving is not out of love. It's not out of love. Our giving in church, honestly, do we come to church to give because we love the Lord our God? Or we come to church to give just because I have to put something into the collection bag. If I don't put sister sees my hand not going in. <laughs> we give to God even without loving him. And then we lift our hands and say, what a faithful God you are. And we are not faithful in our giving. So we see in this ways of where we give, but there's no love in it at all. My fifth point is, without love, all that I accomplish is insufficient. Without love, all that I accomplish is insufficient. Verse 3, the second part. If I surrender my body to the flames, but I have not love, I have gained nothing. What Paul is saying, he's saying that we can come up with a big list of achievements. Do you know, many of us, we give testimonies. We give testimonies only of the past. 1947. I did this, 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 this. I would like to ask you, what is your testimony now? The independence is over. You are still living where you got liberated. Now you're free in Christ. I want to hear, that's the reason, experiencing God. I've challenged them every week. Don't give me old testimonies. That's old manna. Give me testimony now, what God has spoken to you, what he has done in your life now. Don't dwell upon the past. You are not going to be counted for the past. You're going to be counted for where you are today if you close your eyes. You could have brought 1,000 people in the past. But where are you today? And that's what matters to 
in the kingdom of God. Where are you today? What are you doing for Christ? Today is what takes you to heaven. What we are seeing, we must we can burn ourselves at the altar of worship. We can be the outstanding member of a ministry doing everything in the ministry. Doing everything in the ministry. But if I cannot submit to this man or to this man in the ministry, you, your service is nothing. Doesn't matter who he is, what he is, I don't care. Our duty is to submit, to submit. Just because your leader is a very humble man, you take authority to boss over him because you say, I am right. But your right has no love in it. You're only right, but there's no love. Then your worship is nothing. I want to, Paul says three things here. If there's anything that you're going to take home today, I want you to take these three verses that Paul is saying. Relationships are more important than accomplishments. Relationship is more important than all that you have accomplished for the kingdom. One day, God will do an audit on you and me. He will not say what you have accomplished. He will not say about the finance that you got. He will say, I was looking for a relationship to evaluate how you lived while I called you from darkness. Amen? Let me summarize this verse, what we just read in a simple form. Yes, my sister. I can have the eloquence of a great speaker. I can have the intelligence of a genius. I can have the faith of a miracle worker. I can have the generosity of the kindest person in the world. And I can, I can have the dedication of a martyr. But if I do not have love, it does not count to anything at all. I'm summarize this verse in this. If you have no love, all this is zero. Zero. Some of you, we label our brethren as ungodly. We condemn them just because they do not do what we do. If God has called you to serve, you serve faithfully. Don't condemn your brother because he's not serving. You are serving unto the Lord. That's all. You will be rewarded according to your service, not according to what your brother has done. So do not condemn your brother if your brother is not doing what you're doing. Amen? The Pharisees, I want to show you something, and it's a very dangerous spirit. The Pharisees condemned even Jesus to his disciples, and they condemned the disciples to Jesus. I'll show you some scriptures. First thing they condemned, I've only just taken three or four. They condemned and they told Jesus, your disciples are not washing their hands. It's a tradition to wash hands. We are washing our hands. Why your disciples are not washing their hands? Because they were following tradition. Next, they said, your disciples are not fasting. We are fasting. They wanted tradition. And some, we do that because we fast and our brother for some given reason is not able to fast. We condemn that brother. That's the spirit of a Pharisee. If God has given you the strength to fast, you fast. Don't worry about your brother. Then, now they're condemning Jesus to the disciples. They said, look, your master is sitting and eating with sinners. Tomorrow, if you see pastor sitting somewhere, let us not condemn him. He has got a reason to go there. 
Am I right? I will fight for pastor. They said, your, your master is going into the house of sinners. They were condemning him just because they didn't do it. They expected him also not to do it. But they never understood why did the Messiah come for. Then, last, just one more point. They condemned Jesus to the disciples and says, your master heals on the Sabbath. Do we condemn the same? Just because one brother or a sister does something which is not according to our standard, not according to our liking. It might be true, but let us not condemn. Let us not do that. That is not our job. There is a judge, and let him. He knows how to judge. Amen? Let us not take the seat of a judge. Amen? Only amen from here. I'm watching you. Come. I would like to call the NG4C quickly to come. I want to give you one tip of rule. One of the rule of teaching, I think Pastor Leslie said it, and my dear brother, loving Kenneth, also said it from here. One rule of teaching is to repeat what you said. When you repeat what you say, you, it goes in, it sinks in. So, he says there are five different angles, and this is what Paul says. He took the priority of love, and now he introduces the... You don't have to look at them. We are going to worship together. Don't lose your word. He took the priority of love, and now he says, I'm going to introduce the practical way of love. Amen? And that's what... And while, before we go to the next point... We'll have the youth lead us in a song of worship. If you're blessed, you could stand. If, if you want to, you could sit. There's freedom in the house of God. Love is kind, love is gentle. For perfect love casts out fear. Let's all raise our voices unto Daddy Jesus. Let's raise our voices like banners. Raise your voices like banners unto our Daddy Jesus.
that blood which pleads for you and me. Because of which we can stand to our Goliath. Because of which we can stand to all of our fears. And say that I am a child of God. Let's sing this verse once again. I'm no longer slaves. I'm no longer slaves. I am a child of God. Once again, I'm no longer I'm no longer Bless you, choir, and G4C, the next generation. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you. My next point is point number two. We should make love our inspiration, aspiration by practicing love or by giving it. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. The Bible says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. We ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. Verse 17 says, if anyone has material position and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? And verse 18, dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and in truth. There are three scriptures I want to show you. Pay attention to these three scriptures. It will change your destiny. These three scriptures is going to change your destiny. First scripture, thank you for the amen. 1 John chapter 4 verse 20. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, the Bible says, If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, is a liar. Not you have spoken lies. You have never spoken lie in your life. You say you love God. The only problem is because you do not like what your brother is doing and you are angry and you hate your brother. The Bible labels you as a liar. Now I want to show you one more scripture. This is the word of God. Go to 1 John chapter 2 verse 4. 1 John chapter 2 verse 4. It's on your screen also. Whoever says he who says, I know him. I know him. The one who says, I know Jesus. I am a believer. I am a child of God. I have the spirit of God. I speak in tongues. I move mountains. I heal the sick. I make the lame walk. 
He who does this, yes, my brother. And does not keep his commandments. And does not keep his commandment. Whose commandment? God's commandment. And what is that commandment? To love your neighbor. Yeah. Yes, brother. Is a liar. Yes, it. You have not spoken lies, but you have not kept the commandment of God to love your neighbor. You are labeled as a liar. Not that you lied. I want to give you the most dangerous scripture now. Go to Revelation chapter 21. Our destiny lies in this. Revelation 21 verse 8. But, 21, the, yes, but the cowardly, mm. unbelieving, ah. abominable, mm. murderers, mm. sexually immoral. Are we all this category? No, please say no. Ah, you, if you don't answer, means you're accepting it. <laughs> Continue, brother. Sorcerers. Ah, are we in this category? No. Now come to the next category. Idolaters. Ah. And all liars. Wait, brother. The two scriptures you've seen, not that you have spoken lie. You have not obeyed God to love the man or the woman next to you. He has commanded you. You have still not. You hate your brother. Now you see the destiny for everyone who hates his brother and sister. Read, brother. And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. You saw that? This is not for an unbeliever. This is for bread of life. For believers who say, I cannot stand what he does. I hate him. He doesn't listen to me. And God commands you to go and love him. This is revival. This is revival. God commands you to love the person who you cannot stand. Let that not be our portion in Jesus' name. Because the Bible is true. Liars will end up in hell. Not that you have spoken lies. Because you didn't obey God. If there's any scripture that you're going to take and go, look at these three scriptures. Meditate on them and say, God, I do not want to have a part in it. I will never be angry. You can be angry, but do not. Yeah. You can be angry with your brother. Rebuke your brother, but in love, but don't sin. You, you rebuke him because you love him and you want to turn your brother from the wrong way to the right way in love because you care for his soul. You understand that? And when that brother comes back to you, give him an opportunity to serve because he has repented and God has forgiven him. And don't tell him, you let me down. You have no part. Let me go quickly. I want us to look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. All of you got your Bibles? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love is patient. Can we read it together? One to go. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not rude. It is not, sorry, not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Sister, I think you can put that slide which I have. 
which I've got. I want us to stand. I want us to make a declaration right now. The next one, sister. Can we all stand up? It's on the screen. Your declaration or our declaration is going to be, we are going to remove the word love and put your name. And where it says it, you will put your name. Wherever love comes, you are going to call out your name. Believe me, if you don't call, you will be judged. That's, that's up to you and God. I have nothing to do about it. Okay? Where hit is your name, where love is your name. Shall we go? Three, two, one, go. Claudie is patient. Claudie is kind. Claudie does not envy. Claudie does not boast. Claudie is not proud. Claudie is not rude. Claudie is not self-seeking. Claudie is not easily angered. Claudie keeps no record of wrong. Claudie does not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. Claudie always protects. Claudie always trusts. Claudie always hopes. Claudie always perseveres. Claudie never fails. Did you say your name? If you said your name, that will be your portion in Jesus' name. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Today we have declared, you have made a declaration before angels, before angels, before the throne room of God, you have declared that you are patient. You have declared that you are going to be kind. You have declared that you will not boast even if God gives you a new car. You have declared that you will not be proud. You have declared that you will not be rude. You have declared that you will not be self-seeking. You have declared that you will keep no record of wrong. No record of wrong. And may you serve in the kingdom of God all the days of your life faithfully. Amen. My next point is love is an action. It is an action. I want to tell you two quick stories before I call the choir up. Being a word of action, I want to tell a story of one Dr. E.V. Hill. He was a black preacher. This man one day, just like me, was talking to his congregation. And somebody in the congregation did not like what he spoke. This black preacher. And they put a note in the bag. This is a true story. A death threat note was put in the bag. And you know, as I count the collection, the collection was counted and the threat was there. We are going to get you of what you spoke from the pulpit. Some way or other, through the ushers or however it is, the wife came to know that the husband, the pastor, received a death threat. She came to know about it. Next day, the man, it was a Monday, he was getting ready to go to the office and he got out of his car after his meditation and he came to his, the porch to take his car and he found his car missing. So immediately he started praying and he says, God, what has happened? Why my car is missing? Has somebody taken the car to put a bomb that while I go, it's going to blast? He thought, and he started thinking of so many things. Did I do right? Did I do wrong? Did what I said from the pulpit, shouldn't I, I should have stayed quiet? God, did I do anything wrong? And while he was doing this, he sees his car approaching the parkway. And who he sees in the car? He sees his wife driving. And he fumes with, with anger. And, he's, and the wife got out of the car and he says, Woman, what on earth are you doing with my car? And the wife got on very 
quietly came to him and she says, husband, this community and the church that we are attending needs you more than what they need me. I heard of the death threat that they are going to place a bomb in the car and I felt the church needs you more than me. So that's the reason I took the car out in the morning. I drove it a quiet distance thinking that it might trigger off the bomb might go after a few minutes. And I brought the car. And Dr. Hill says, I always thought that my wife loved me, but today only I understood what love is all about. All along she said, I love you, but she demonstrated that love by putting herself in that seat and driving the car and thinking, my husband is needed in this church more than me. If that is the real love that we need to demonstrate for our husbands and our wives, what will some sister do? Let him take the car. Ani, today, me and my children, we are going to see our mother. You drive and go. We are going earlier. <laughs> They'll keep the phone on. Whether it's going to ring, he's gone. Thank you, Lord. One bad rubbish over. Pastor prophesied. We will do that. My second point, love is a choice. No matter how bad, how nagging your spouse can be, but you need to demonstrate that love no matter how unreasonable that person could be. You may not stand that person, whether it's husband or wife. You can't stand the sight of that person anymore. But because Christ has commanded you to love that man or that woman, you love him or love her. Amen? Only a few amens. All love is dead already. After 45 minutes message, no love. Anyway, God have mercy on us to demonstrate that love. I want to tell one more story before I can call the choir. One day, a mother, she was giving this as a testimony. She said things were so bad at home that her husband always looked down upon her, never appreciated anything that she did, every time found fault with what she did. Husband felt that he was always right and she's always wrong. This woman could not take it anymore. That uh, emotions were now transferred towards the children because she's angry. She can't, she can't fight back this man. He will beat her up. So she showed uh, emotion to the children, nagging them, scolding them. Whoever came to the house, she was rude. And she became so low one day after a service, she went into a room and she cried out to God and says, God, can't you answer me? I can't take it any more longer in this, in this life. You need to talk to me. And as she was crying out to God, she said she just opened the scriptures and 1 Corinthians 13 came to her and she read it. And as she read this, this woman's testimony says, five words leaped out of the scripture. Five words leaped out of the scripture while she was reading in agony and in tears. And those five words I will read. It says, without love, I am nothing. Those five words leaped out. She quickly took it, wrote it on a piece of paper. The first place she stuck it, she stuck it in her bedroom. Without love, I am nothing. She stuck it on a fridge. She stuck it on a dashboard. Even in the toilet, she said, she stuck it. She said, no matter what my husband is doing, I will love this man. 
unconditionally I will love him. And she said, it took time, but she's seen a transformation takes place. The man who always insulted, who found fault, who looked down upon his wife, slowly started to love her. And she says, that love which God moved through me to demonstrate, even though I was pushed down, transformed my husband. And she said, now my, my family is a family that lives to praise and to live to serve God. Amen. Choir, come quickly. We are going to close. I'll close with my last point. We need to make love our aspiration because of its permanence. That's what we need to do. Look at verse 7 and 8. Same scripture, 7 and 8. It says, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. My brothers and sisters, you need to protect your family. You need to protect every member in your church. No matter who you are, you need to protect. I'm going to tell you a story. It's a true story. It happened in Bread of Life. I shared the gospel with somebody and the person came to church. He works with me. A time came, always finding fault. One day he came to visit me and he found fault with this man, our shepherd. He found fault with everything in the church. I spoke to him in truth and I said, I will stand for my shepherd. I will stand for my church. And I will stand for the word of God. And I gave the truth to him. I had never seen him after that. He ran away from church. You need to stand with the man of God that God has given you as a leader. You need to stand for the brother or sister beside you. If someone comes to you and condemns your brother, stand for him. Speak the truth for him. Doesn't matter whether your brother is right or wrong. You stand for your brother. And you say, I will pray about it. Do not join that person and condemn your brother or condemn the man of God. You have no right to do it. Amen. Church, shall we arise? Let's allow the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. To anoint you with his love. And join us as we sing this chorus. Come, Holy Spirit, fall on me now. I need your anointing, come in your power. I love you, Holy Spirit, you're captivating my soul. Every day I grow to love you more. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fall on me now. I need your anointing. Come in your power. I love you.
worship you in spirit and in truth. I've reached for your heart. You hold my life in your hands, drawing me closer to you. I feel your power in you. Nothing compares to this place where I can see. commitment to the Lord and God has spoken to you today I just want you to make a commitment between you and our God you can just lift up your hand nobody's going to watch you and you can pray a prayer and say God today I've heard you speak to me I want to be delivered from everything that contaminates me father let your hands be up to heaven this is, this is a commitment we all have to make. Even my hands are lifted up. It's not that I'm righteous or holy. We need a righteous God. We cannot be holy without the Holy Spirit. Make this as a prayer and say, God, give me grace. I want to demonstrate your love through my life. I'm just an instrument, Father. I'm just an instrument. Fill me. Fill me with patience, Lord. Fill me with kindness. Lord, let not envy be my portion. Give me grace that I will not boast. Give me grace that I will not be proud. Help me, Lord God, that I will not be rude. Help me, Lord God, I will not be self-seeking. Help me, Father, that I will not be easily angered. Help me, Father, that I will keep no record of any wrong. Give me grace that I will not delight in evil. Give me grace that I will rejoice with truth. Father, give me grace that I will protect everyone that is around me and with me, Lord God. Give me grace that I will always trust in you and in your word, Father. Give me hope, Lord God, that there is an heaven, that that's the place that you are going to take me, Lord God. Give us grace, Master, that we will persevere. Lord, help us that love will never fail in our lives. Father, into your hands I surrender us. Have your way, Father. We give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' most precious and exalted name we pray. Amen. The Lord. Woo! The Lord is good. The greatest is what? Can you tell your neighbor? The greatest is love. The greatest is love. Turn with me to Matthew 22. Matthew 22. We'll be reading from 36 to 39. 
there are some group of lawyers, they want to test Jesus Christ. And they said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your souls, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Tell your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. So today, we have heard about love. And if they ask you tomorrow, what is love? You'll be able to define what love is. But I quickly want to add that love is patient. That is the declaration that we have made from verse 4 of that 1 Corinthians 13. We have made that declaration. Love is patient. No matter the storm you are going through, irrespective of the sorrow that you are facing, irrespective of the situation of life that you may find yourself, always be what? Be patient. God is at work. And he will perfect all that concerns you in Jesus' name. One other thing I want you to hold on to is that treating others the way you want to be treated. When you have love in your mind, you have to treat others the way you want to be treated. So when they ask you what is love, simply say, treating others the way you want to be treated. It can be your family, it can be your spouse, it can be your fellow workers, or somebody, your neighbor, as we have said. So when you go down through that uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, you will see that you need to treat others the way you love to be treated because love does not behave rudely. Then finally, you need to encourage others. What is love? Love is encouraging others. This is the best thing that you can give to your neighbor, to your friends, to those that are facing trial period. So hold on to this. God is making everything workable in our life in Jesus' name. We need to encourage others. We need to bring the best out of them. That is what we have heard this afternoon. We have been informed. We have been, uh, uh, the best out of us have been brought out. So hold on to it. Love is still the greatest of them all. And if you receive this gift of love, and this gift of love is Jesus Christ. And I pray as you go into this week, that gift of love will follow you throughout and beyond this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you. We bless your holy name for another wonderful message this afternoon. We thank you. We glorify you for your love that you have shown to us. We give you praise and adoration because to this day we remember that without love, whatever we do is useless. Without love, whatever we know is meaningless. And without love, all that we demonstrated is going to be inadequate. Father, we thank you for this knowledge that you have passed on to us. Lord, the Spirit, for us to continue with love of God, 
Almighty God, endow us in the mighty name of Jesus. Fill our heart with your love. Let your love radiate and grow in our heart. Every second, every day of our life in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. We thank you for your servant that you have used. Lord, we want more anointing in his life in the mighty name of Jesus. You have pushed out this one from him. Father, reload him in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless your name concerning the NG4C that you have used for us as well. We pray for more anointing in their life in the mighty name of Jesus. And they shall continue to grow stronger in you in Jesus' name. We bless the choir as well. Lord, you continue to use them mightily in your fold, in your, in your, in your yard in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless the congregation for the listening ear that you have granted them. Father, we've heard this word. As it has gone into our right ear, it shall not pump out through the left ear in Jesus' name. As we go into this week, let your love go with us in Jesus' name. Let your love continue to grow in our life in Jesus' name. For the rest of the program that we have for tomorrow, next tomorrow, and Monday, Father, take control in Jesus' name. Let your love grow, and we will invite our loved ones into that fellowship on Monday in the mighty name of Jesus. As you go, I declare the peace of God in your life. I declare the love of God to follow you. And it shall remain permanent in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Let us share the grace together in fellowship. Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace in Jesus' name.